3: going into the postseason hope is hope is a good thing hope is a really good thing uh however i think uh the reality that lurks in the back of your mind very much came to the forefront as we watched the brewers fall last night uh three zip and thus very quietly bow out of the postseason i guess you know hey look i uh, think should be worse you could be cincinnati not score one run in the postseason in, what was it 22 23 innings or something like that some 22 innings some ungodly number where they couldn't they couldn't hit to save their lives and when they did they couldn't score a run but uh but we you know you saw good kershaw last night you saw uh the brewers go up hack go down and that was pretty much it uh you know this is where you would play the denny green they are who they we thought they were you know i mean Hope springs eternal, but reality punched us in the face last night. If you watched that game and the Brewers fall three to nothing, too quick to the uh, L.A. Dodgers, the powerhouse of Major League Baseball, and uh, off they go. They are now out of the postseason, and now they begin to regroup and see exactly what went wrong. There's some pieces obviously to build around. You've got uh, the anticipation that Lorenzo Cain comes back. Uh, that. You know, Christian Yelich has a better season next year, and everybody just goes away and hits the reset button. Um, You know, Ryan Braun with the oblique strain and between the back and the obliques, um, uh, you would almost assume that his career has come to an end, unless, of course, there's some kind of rejuvenation in the offseason and he wants to come back and just DH if indeed they keep the DH, which you assume they're going to, but we'll have to wait and see as the labor negotiations after the World Series will begin to become contentious and then we'll have to live through that nightmare all over again. And to be honest with you, after what we just went through, trying to get a season underway, I don't think you can believe a damn word coming out of the commissioner's office at this point because it has been just a giant steaming pant load after we found out that they had no intention of playing more than 60 games to begin with but put the fans through that excruciating pain of listening to all the back and forth publicly between money and health and everything else. So... Uh, now we just sit back, wait, and, and see if baseball is going to turn off pandemonium any further, or if it's going to bounce back with a vengeance, just get a deal done uh, and uh, make everybody happy, including its fan base. Then you get the other punch to the solar plexus prior to the game last night was that Alan Lazard, who was reportedly, it was very quick, he wasn't in practice. He's going to be added to the injured list. What's wrong? He's going to get examined. Oh, by the way, no, he had surgery. Wow, I, I, we you know we were bouncing around. It was like watching a game of fast pong last night. Bang, 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 bang. It was just kind of breaking when we were in the uh, the huddle last evening with Dennis Krause and Stephanie Sutton from Wisn 12 in Milwaukee. Um, it was uh, it was quick, and you go from having a really good wide receiver with a decent backup core to having an injured good wide receiver to now you're relying upon a lot of unproven guys. And it makes the fact that they did not choose or did not even decide to get a wide receiver in the off season that much more glaring. And I, I brought this up last night, and this is one of these things to, to ponder, okay, because you go of two trains of thought. On one hand, you can look at the Jordan Love pick, and I hate to go back to this, but you have to look at it now. You go look at the Jordan Love pick and you say, if in two or three or four or five years, Jordan Love really becomes the next quarterback quarterback, for the next 13, 15, 18 years of the Green Bay Packers organization with Hall of Fame credentials and success, then this pick, regardless of the here and the now, will be a tremendous pick. However, if he does not, and you're looking at a season in which you've got Aaron Rodgers playing at this level through three games, an offense that is... I don't want to say firing on all cylinders, but it it's it's got this level of of excitement, uh, of excessive uh, of sustainability. I I don't know how else to put it. I don't know what adjective to throw behind it. But you look at it, and you say, you know, it's really it's really moving along right now. It really is. And then it comes to a screeching halt because you didn't do your due diligence with Equinemia Saint Brown going down, with Devonte Adams going down. With Alan Lazard going down, you're you're getting more and more and more limited in what you can do, correct? And you didn't pick up another wide receiver. Somebody to grow and to build and somebody that could be effective, maybe not uh, effective as far as the superstar all-pro category immediately, but somebody that can be effective that can be another quality set of hands for Aaron Rodgers to throw to. Instead, you not only picked a quarterback and did not address the obvious, which was an additional linebacker for the linebacking core, because your defense and specifically your tackling has been beyond poor when you had Patrick Queen sitting there. But you didn't even – then you traded away a pick, an additional pick, in which you could have picked up yet another set of hands at some point in a very deep wide receiver draft. So – there's two trains of thought here. You can maybe tell me which side of the uh, tra- tracks you're on, but you see what I'm saying? That If, indeed, Jordan Love becomes a real deal, then it's a brilliant pick. But I think this, the here and the now of what this season could and or might have been or might be may rely rely upon what either was or wasn't done in the offseason and will forever be attached to Brian Gutekunst. Because you are getting... out of your quarterback who everybody had question marks about relationships was his head in it, is his skills are they beginning to erode all of that and now you got this you got a quarterback playing at an excellent level who is completely, at least seemingly bought in, more at peace than we've seen him in a long, long time tutoring, mentoring working with everybody around him to make the team better, and yet you have to then have yourself really look yourself in the mirror and go, did I do everything I could to fortify that side of the football for not only the here and the now, but for the future? Because what would be a damn shame is if you have the capability of getting to a Super Bowl, but you can't because you didn't do enough to fortify a particular position. I lay that out there for you. I lay that out there for you. 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Uh, if you want to chime in, do it. Feel free. We'd love to hear from you today. I want the phone lines wide open. 855-830-8648. Brewers fall to the Dodgers uh, on a – you could almost – and I put this – I tweeted this out a little while ago. You could almost make this kind of a, a show-me-something Friday, you know? Show me something, because with Alan Lazard going down, MVS, show me something. Ty Summers, an injured, banged-up Kirksey, show me something. You know, I even put it out there with uh, Eric Spolstra uh, with uh, some injuries on his side uh, of the the basketball going up against the Lakers, getting just drilled in game one. Now he has to make some adjustments to combat the height. Show me something. Show me why uh, you're considered one of the top five coaches in all of basketball. I believe he is. I believe he's that good, but I don't know what they're going to be able to do to combat the Lakers at this point with some of the injuries they have. So on a you could say a show me something Friday, show me something David Stearns, fix the first base position, show me something Mark Atanasio. spend money on that first base position, on that third base position. Show me something on a show me something Friday. There you go, eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. Those are the phone numbers. Or that's the phone number, go ahead and give us a buzz. We would love to hear from you on the Milwaukee Admirals hashtag Admirals fifty talk line. Hit me up on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. Radio Joe producing the program today at Radio Joe Sports. Hit Evan Hefelfinger up uh, at Evan Heff twenty-five. You can also email us Facebook.com slash the Bill Michaels show. Look for the blue check mark. You can find us there. Thanks to Jake and uh, Chris and Cindy listening to us on the radio.com app. And uh, Chris is listening to us. Uh, down in uh, – where is he listening to us? Uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. I thought it was Tennessee. I just didn't know where. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Big-time Packers fan. Looking forward to the game this weekend. Actually coming into town, not being able to see the game is a little bit disappointing, but I'm looking forward to my Packers getting a win on Monday night, coming up to see the family. Uh, By the way, the family lives in Rhineland. So there you go. Chris coming in from Nashville. Want to hear your thoughts uh, as the uh, Green Bay Packers, when you go through two trains of thought, which side of the tracks do you fall upon and also – Got some Brewers chatter as well. Brewers season comes to an end in a uh, tough loss last night, but uh, it was very much a microcosm of what we've seen this season. It's either all or nothing when it comes to the offense, and last night it was pretty much nothing. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light. Bud Light seltzer, unquestionably good. Go to BudLight.com for all the information. More of the Bill Michaels Show coming up after this.
0: 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648.
3: 855-830-8648, 830 8648 Again, eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. 830 8648 phone lines wide open. A lot to discuss as uh, we sit here on a Friday. Brewers out of the postseason, Packers coming up on Monday night. Brewers are who we thought they were. Even though we had hopes that would be contradictive to uh, our thought process, we got Alan Lazard. Very fast breaking news yesterday, in the sense that Lazard uh, he goes he goes from being a guy that they said would be on the list, then he was going to go see a specialist, and all of a sudden we find out later that no, he had surgery. And today you find out he's done uh, for about a month. It was indefinitely when Adam Schefter first reported it last night. And uh, this morning you hear it's going to be about a month for Alan Lazard until he's uh, at least able to start practicing and coming back. So we'll see. Uh, usually when they say a month, it's about six weeks. Usually when they say six weeks, it's eight weeks, that type of thing. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know the, specific, uh, the specifics of the surgery. They say it was a core muscle injury. Uh, you would assume it was a tear or something tore off, or, I, you know, I, I don't want to over-assume, but regardless, um, now what train of thought are you on? Uh, when you look at Brian Goodikens, do you say, you know what, I still will hold out hope that Jordan Love is the real deal, that in three, four, five years, he's a guy that can take this team for the next 10 or 15 years and take him to the promised land? Or are you looking at this going, you basically neglected two positions that you knew you needed depth at? Linebacking, even though you brought in Kirksey, you still needed more depth. and then, Unless, of course, Ty Summers becomes the real deal and Oren Burks remains injury-free and really continues to grow. But otherwise, you've got that in the wide receiver position that all of us to the eyeball test said you needed at least another guy. And now you've lost Lazard, uh, Devontae Adams, who uh, you know you hope he can play, but you certainly don't want him to injure that hamstring again. You know, because it, it would be worse. It would be at least three, four games, you would assume. And now you're down to Marquez valdez Scaling. Aquanemia St. Brown is on the IR. So you're down to Marquez valdez scaling. So you're looking at guys that have been relatively unproven now that you're going to rely upon with Aaron Rodgers. To and and put it this way, I mean now Aaron Rodgers has to be more Aaron Rodgers than he's probably been in a long time. You know, you look at Malik Shepard or uh, Malik Taylor and Darius Shepard. Between them, they've got one pass. 855-830-8640. So then you ask yourself, you know what? Will this season? And you hope it doesn't turn out to be that way. You don't want to, You don't want to pitch the gloom and doom. But will this season turn out to be the season of neglect? You neglected two glaring positions, and you had a quarterback that bought in. You had an offense that was clicking. You had a defense that just needed another guy or two. And you chose future and not the here and the now. And you're looking at the rest of the national football league, the rest of the NFC. And right now, as banged up as you are, going into this contest on Monday night, you are one of the top two teams in the NFC. So do you walk around and go, you know what? If you lose some games because of injury, because of that lack of depth, shame on you. 855-830-8648. That's the here and the now version of this. Unless, of course, like I said, if Jordan Love turns it, turns out to be all that and a bag of chips and goes for the next 15 years and ends up with a Hall of Fame career, well, chances are you probably have another Super Bowl or hopefully cross your fingers too in your pocket by that time. Let's go to Jason listening to us in Appleton on the score. Jason, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Not much
1: yourself, though?
3: I am uh, just living it on a Friday.
1: Yeah, that sounds like fun. Hey, just was going to throw out the, the whole Devin Funchess aspect of the thing, though, too. You know, they did go out and acquire him in some yep. agency, and unfortunately he decided to opt out of the season. If he doesn't opt out, we still have a number one receiver with him, potentially in place of Devontae, and then it doesn't look quite so bad.
3: Correct. Uh, that I will 100% give you. You are 100% right on that, which would then make um, the Kirksey choice, and now going with the younger guys, if you have a guy like Patrick Queen, who we all thought that's who they were going to take, then you would at least have some additional depth at your linebacking position as well. But, no, I 100% agree with you. They did address it. They addressed it with Devin Funches, who uh, you, you tend to, I guess – somewhat forget about for the fact that he just you never saw the guy. He was a name that was added to the roster but you never saw the guy because of the opt out. You are 100% right.
1: Right. If you have him on the team right now playing and you know, a couple of the younger guys plus with the addition of the tight ends starting to be relevant in our offense all of a sudden, you know, you could look at it as okay, we lose two of our receivers for a little bit, but we've got some backup that way with the tight ends and punches. And then don't forget about Aaron
3: Jones. Right. And no, Aaron Jones out of the backfield. Now, here's the question, because last year they were kind of putting Aaron Jones on a bit of a pitch count because they wanted to save him for, one, the end of the season, and, two, to make sure that he was able to hold up. Do you start to worry about the number of carries and the number of catches and the number of poundings that Aaron Jones is starting to take?
1: Not if they're using him more as a, you know, hybrid back with receiving capabilities and then allowing Williams and then get dylan involved in the offense
3: yeah no i that's the other thing is whether or not they're going to get i know he was asked about dylan this week and was very hesitant to say we're going to get him more carries but basically uh that's a guy that's another one they want to work into the mix appreciate the phone call that the uh the the positive side of this and he's absolutely right you did try to address it with devin funchess and you tend to for Get about him because you never saw him he was just a name that was added and then all of a sudden gone but the positive side of this and he's right if you start to mix in A.J. Dillon now I again I go back to that um, that uh, uh, Matt LaFleur had talked about him running behind his pads form it sounds like he's just a young raw guy that they really believe in they just want to make sure that he's reliable when they put him in or that there's going to be productivity when they put him in. If you look at his rankings, when he's had the opportunity to play his, his, his categorical numbers of blocking, of being with the right assignment, making the right cut, making the right move have scored very high. There's a, there's a football IQ there. There's a football ability there. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that, but they have not had the ability or the trust to work him in enough 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Let's see here. Uh, Peter writes in Wendy's email inbox and says, uh, hey, uh, he's going to say the same thing. He said, I know they tried to do it with Funchess, but Funchess was a guy trying to find himself all over again. No guarantees there. But I think they have enough weapons for Aaron Rodgers to get through a team like Atlanta. Atlanta can put up points. It's their defense that has given up points. It's like they just collapse in the fourth quarter. It's it's they play extremely well and then in the fourth quarter just, just gone. Just gone. So I I believe with all the weapons that they suddenly have, or at least the growing trust that they suddenly have. I don't want to say suddenly have, because you know, these are these are guys that have been around, but I think maybe it's just the fact that Aaron Rodgers is just going is throwing him the ball. Here you go. Here you go. Go make a play. Which is what he did with uh, Jay Sternberger in the game against New Orleans. That first pass that Sternberger caught when he looked upfield, and then it wasn't a big play. It was it was you know a, a relatively minimal game. but Rodgers knew what it meant. Rodgers pointed at him, gave him a pat on the butt when he got back to the uh, back to the huddle. He knew what it meant. It's like hey, that's the way you do it. Catch the ball first, and then whatever happens happens. But you move the sticks a little bit. Eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight. Brett, the Packer fan, says, "I can't believe you said you hate to preach doom and gloom, and then you proceed to preach the doom and gloom." No, what I said was, and "You're right," but what I said was, "I hate to, I hate to preach the doom and gloom." But this is the reality. It's not that I'm sitting here preaching it over and over and over and over again. It's just I, I hate to say this, but this is one of the ways you can look at this. This is this was brought up to me last night as I sat here and watched the Brewers game was I'm sitting here chatting with a couple of people on on Twitter and on Facebook saying well if this turns out to be a mess then is this not does this not fall on Brian Gudekinst? if suddenly they start losing wide receivers and they lose uh, another linebacker yeah that that was an area that we all knew they needed some depth at uh let's get uh, Eric in Green Bay listening to us on the fan Eric how you doing today man what's going on
2: too much man good morning bill
3: good morning what's happening
2: well, I got a couple things. First, about the Brewers. Uh, if I were Woodruff, I would have had some choice words for that home plate umpire too, because the three runs that the Dodgers put up on the board should not have been there. Should have been a called third strike, which would have ended that inning. That mm-hmm. doesn't do anything to help the Brewers' bats, but that ump needs to be tossed in a fryer and fried to a to fryer slag. Yeah. Uh, as far as the uh, as far as the Packers go, and your question, I am in the camp that says that Goody blew it. He blew it. He, he wasted the first two picks of the draft and lost a fourth rounder in moving up in the first round to pick two guys that have one guy who won't see the field, hopefully for three to four years, and another guy who has, hasn't even seen the field in short yardage situations with to goal to go a second and one? I mean, if there's not a, a situation second goal on the one, I mean you can bring him in and have him go nowhere and then say, Okay, we got another play, let's try it. they haven't even brought him in on that. So the first two picks of the twenty twenty draft have done nothing this year. And they could have had Patrick Queen and with that second pick, they could have gotten the defensive line help, and then they could have gotten gone and gotten a receiver. Now I like this receiver room. And I'm hoping they bring Reggie Bagleton off the practice squad because I think he can do some stuff. Um, it, it freaks me out with Lazard getting hurt. I mean, that's a big surprise, and he's been having yeah. a great season so far. But I like the receiver room. I really don't like that they didn't do anything to help the defense, and they were sitting right there for him. I really don't like that. So I'm in the camp that says the big cheese blew it. So, uh, you know, rather than Gouda, well, it smells more like Limburger. Uh,
3: the 2020 draft. Well, let's hope that the uh, the let's hope they get out of this injury free. They get a, a week to heal up and then back at it and that way the depth doesn't become a major issue. Thanks for the phone call. Let's do this. Mark Zeno, longtime sports re, uh, radio host in Atlanta going to be joining us. We're going to talk some Atlanta Falcons football and what is ailing this team. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip Quick Trip. They have got the pothole pizza, the uh, official pizza of your Green Bay Packers. Mark Zeno coming up next in the Bill Michaels show.
0: Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
3: Epoxy Flooring Done Right, whether it's a resident, business owner, like a showroom, industrial, epoxy flooring, polyurea coating, different colors, different finishes. Got to go see my buddy Sean over at EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. That is EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. And uh, get a quote from them, man. They there's are some good people over there. I had it done in my house in, in the uh, in the basement in the gym, and uh, it's just it's fabulous, just fantastic. Uh, love that stuff. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright dot com. Joining us now, covering the uh, Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta sports scene for a long, long time, our good buddy Mark Zeno, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Mark, how you doing? Bill, always good to talk to you, man. Hey, Ben. Uh, doing well, doing well. Appreciate it, and thanks for joining us for a few minutes. Uh, what is the temperature? Let's just say right now. Uh, is this if the Falcons get beat in this contest? Do you think Quinn's out the door?
4: Well, I'm surprised he hasn't been going out the door two weeks ago. I mean, this is mm-hmm. at this point, it's pure delinquency by ownership. If you ask me, I mean, look, the, the owner who gave Dan Quinn a sort of you know barometer this year that playoffs is the standard. Uh, when you go 0 and 2, it gives you about a 12 percent chance to make the postseason. Uh, so when you lose to Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, I kind of get it. When you blow a 20-point you know point lead to Dak Prescott, that's a different discussion. But then when you lose to the Chicago Bears uh, with Mitch Trubisky and, and backup Nick Foles who came in, it's just at this point, it, 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 there's no saving this man's job. And I am not sure what the owner is actually waiting for. Like there's never a good time to fire your head coach because of the message that it sends to everybody except the fan base. Like when you fire a head coach, the only way to start to restore faith for the fan base is to fire the head coach. And, and listen, I, I carry up this. I'm not a fire-the-coach guy. Like I don't get on the radio and start screaming, every coach needs to go, and this whole thing sucks. It's, it's not the way I am. But th- at this point, you're, you're beyond diminishing returns. You're in negative returns. And, and you just have to make the change because you can't continue to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect different results. I mean, this is a a franchise that is now trying to avoid becoming the laughingstock of the league. You know I mean? The Bengals are more promising right now than the Falcons. They look up. The Falcons can only look down. So they're in bad shape. And and I don't know what it's going to take. A lot of people are pointing at to after the Carolina game, in week five, the next home game. Um, But why would you allow him to possibly pull out a win on Monday night, possibly pull out a win against Carolina, and dupe you once again into thinking that the 6-2 finish last year was real? When in reality, you know what this is. This is a coach that does not have what it needs to take, what it what it, what it takes to win with this particular team. I like Dan Quinn. I think he's a really good guy. And I do think he's a good coach. But this marriage is over. And and when you know the marriage is over, you call it quits and you walk away. I mean, it's just that simple. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, what anybody's waiting for, but uh, I don't see this turning around anytime soon. This is certainly not going to be a team that makes the playoffs.
3: So, uh... Tell me what – this is a team that can score points. This is a team that clearly has a quarterback that is still good. I don't want to know – I don't necessarily want to say great. Uh, They do have some weapons. They've got the ability to put the ball in the end zone. What's the bugaboo right now?
4: Well, let's be clear about the points that they score. Uh, Because what part of the problem here is, Bill, is that they tend to score a lot in the first two quarters and then tend to stop scoring in the last two quarters. You see, that's kind of a problem because a football game is four quarters. And you've got to figure out how to play all four. Just like their defense plays pretty good for the first two quarters, and then all of a sudden stops playing for the last two quarters. So, uh, listen, Matt Ryan is not the problem. But let me be clear about this, Bill. Matt Ryan is not the solution. There are a lot of quarterbacks in the league that are like this, right? I mean, you could argue – that they're the Matt Stafford's of the world, the Phillip Rivers of the world, um, you, you know, the Kirk Cousins of the world. These guys are not problems, but they're not the solution, right? They don't... If you take the receivers that Aaron Rodgers is throwing to, the Lazards of the world, the Valdez Scantlings of the world, and you put them in Atlanta, and you put them in Detroit, and you put them in Minnesota, you know what happens? Those quarterbacks don't look as good. Okay, so there's a difference with Aaron. Like, we all know that at this point in time. So while the offense can put up points... Um, in week one, they put up a whole bunch of yards. Matt Ryan threw for four hundred plus yards and three touchdowns in garbage time because they were down twenty five points in the third quarter. So, I mean, it, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, do those points really matter? Are, are they are they points of value? And, and the answer mm-hmm. is no. In the last two weeks, again, I think they scored a combined ten points in the last two quarters of each game, and and, and ended up blowing massive leads. So. Yeah, they can put up points, they can put up stats, but this isn't fantasy football, and it's not a video game. So the, the bottom line is is that, that I don't know how much those, those numbers actually matter. If you can't get a first down to run the clock out in the fourth quarter with a lead, I don't care how many points you score. Because if you're winning a game 10-9, to 9 and you get the first down, you hold on to the football, and you win the game, no one cares. I mean, I don't care if you put up 40 and lose 43-40. to It doesn't help me. So, I mean, it's just, the idea that they can't get a first down when they need it with a lead but yet people look at this offense and go, oh, that's such a good offense. They could score, they could score, they could score. Yeah, yeah, okay, you can't score. But can, can you score when it matters? And the answer is no at this point.
3: Tom and Mark Zeno, long-time sports radio host in Atlanta, covering the Atlanta Falcons as well and all that is Atlanta sports. Um, so, uh, so do you give them any kind of a fighting chance at all coming into Lambeau Field on Monday night? Believe it
4: or not, I do, as crazy as it sounds. And the other reason I do is because – the NFL, once again, proves that it, it, it has a regression to the mean. Uh, are the Packers going to score 40 points again? Sure, everybody thinks they are. I mean, against this defense, why well, it, it is, a, it is a, a, a dream scenario for Green Bay. But it's just one of those weird things. You get the feeling that everything that, that has gone wrong for the Falcons so far, maybe they show up and figure out how to play. And maybe Green Bay is just not that sharp. Because you know what? When you're that sharp for three straight weeks, you tend to like take a lesser opponent a little bit lighter. You don't feel like you have to be as sharp and you know you get caught up in the, the lights of Monday Night Football. I mean, if it's close, it's because Green Bay didn't execute to the level that they have in the past three weeks. And sometimes that just happens in games in the NFL. I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling your audience that by any chance the Falcons are going to win this game. But I think it's going to be closer than what many people expect. This may be an easy blowout. What's the line? Seven and a half? Some of that range? Like I, I would tell you, I'd, I'd probably lean on the Falcons with the points because it's just hard to blow teams out for four consecutive weeks in this league. I mean, sure, the Falcons are bad and other teams are bad, but you know what? I mean, every team in reality is only two, maybe three players away from being the exact same team for each other. The the, the, the gap isn't, you know, the, the bottom of the Big Ten versus the top of the Big Ten, right? Like, that's not the gap here. The, the gap is a lot closer. So uh, it, it's one of those things where – Sure, the Falcons can, can put up points, and you know maybe Green Bay is the one with the lead, and and they're the one who laps in the second half, and the Falcons' offense gets back into it, makes it closer than the game really was. I mean, you know, that's just from a betting standpoint. I, I give them a chance, but um, I certainly wouldn't put my house payment on, on the Falcons winning this game.
3: Yeah, I picked this game last night. I said, I don't think it's going to be the 40 points. I, I would take maybe 30, 33, something like a 33-24, 33-21, 27. I, I think it's going to be closer than what people think. I think the Packers are ailing a little bit. The linebacker position is, is injured. The wide receiver position is injured. I would be surprised if they put up the amount of points they have. Uh, the one thing is that this offensive line has kept Aaron Rodgers remarkably clean. Tell me about the pass rush that the uh, Falcons are going to produce.
4: It's better than expected. I'll be honest. Listen, uh, if if there is a lone bright spot, and again, most of this has happened in the first two quarters of the game, but, you know, Dante Fowler has gotten to the quarterback. Um, Tack McKinley has been a a better pass rusher this year than he has in recent years, and maybe the most underrated defensive player in the league, even though he's the third highest paid defensive tackle, Grady Jarrett, um, will wreak havoc. You will see 97 in all white because the Falcons were in all white. Uh, you will see 97 in your backfield more than you want to. He's just that good of a player, um, you know. I mean, it's Aaron Donald and it's Fletcher Cox, and if you ask me, and I'm not, i even a homer about this bill because I think you know me by now. I don't to, the horn of the team that I that I cover. Great Jared, I think he's the third best defensive tackle in the league, and and he's going to wreak havoc all night long. And even he's been getting sacks, or at least helping other guys get sacks. So uh, the pass rush can be formidable. It, it, it can be uh, a, a a pain for the Green Bay offensive line if they're not on their toes. The problem is, is that the secondary sucks and so if they don't get there (laughs) in in under three you know and a half seconds Aaron Rodgers is going to have a field day and plus he's mobile you know I mean look what look what Russell Wilson was able to do look what Dak Prescott was able to do uh as far as those guys who can move their feet now you know Mitch Trubisky's a statue back there as is Nick Foles so it's a different discussion but uh yeah I I wouldn't count this pass rush out especially early on the beginning of games they found ways to sort of make life difficult for quarterbacks and, and, and be in their face more than I think they want them to be
3: Mark, always great to talk to you, my friend. I always appreciate the skinny on what's going on down there in Atlanta. Congratulations on your Braves for absolutely embarrassing Cincinnati when it came to the uh, scoring of run productivity. and uh, And we'll stay in touch, okay?
4: <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Always great to talk to you, man. All
3: right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go, Mark Zeno, long time sports radio host down there in Atlanta, covering the Falcons and everything that is Atlanta sports. Good to see him too. We were down there for Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It was interesting. We met, uh, had a chance to run into their owner. Uh, Arthur Blank and uh, when he talks about the firing uh, of their head coach um, Arthur Blank don't forget wrote books about how not to make emotional responses Uh, and maybe he's just going to try to adhere to his own advice and not be reactionary but very slow and methodical, but you know the iceberg is trending in that direction for the firing down there. There's there's no doubt about that. He joined us, by the way, on the Schneider Orange Hotline, Schneider Hiring Drivers. Right now, you work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. Saw some uh, Schneider drivers today, as a matter of fact, uh, over on 164 when I was heading to the gym this morning. and Kind of gave him a wave. They don't know who the hell I am, but just gave him a wave and as if to say thank you. Uh, by the way, the Van Horn Automotive Group, they want to buy your car. Any other Wisconsin or Iowa locations, they want to buy your vehicle. Whatever it happens to be, your car is worth more right now. Uh, no gimmicks, no pressure. You can sell it without the challenges of posting online, meeting strangers, processing titles, plate registry, that kind of stuff. Visit any Van Horn location or go to vanhornauto.com and click on the sell my vehicle link for the, or, or you're going to get a Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer, or maybe you want to keep your car, but you need some repairs done to it, and you're not quite sure what you want to do, you can even finance your service right now. Don't put it off any longer. Twelve months, 0% APR, up to uh, 2000 bucks on any repair. The application, it's quick, it's easy at any one of their service centers, or online at vanhornauto.com. You can buy new, you can buy used, you can finance a car, trade in a car. Uh, whatever it happens to be, you can do it all online. CDC free. You know what I'm saying? That way you're not even risking anything if you're walking out of the door. Or if you want to go in, go in. Go get that new car smell. Get a big whiff of that thing. That's okay. Whatever you feel comfortable with, go do. That's our friends from Van Horn Automotive. Go to vanhornauto.com. That is vanhornauto.com. Hear from Craig Council. Coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. (music) Now,
0: a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin, Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens.
4: Packers receiver Alan Lazard out indefinitely, undergoing surgery to repair a core muscle injury this week. Lazard just had the best game of his career, 146 yards in receptions against the Saints when he made this statement.
3: I mean, this is football. We, we We play uh, a very violent game, you know injuries are are bound to happen.
4: Packers head coach Matt LaFleur had high praise for Lazard.
1: It's just that grit, tenacity, the trust that we have in Allen to come through no matter what the task. He's he's definitely is a guy that has earned everything he's gotten in this game.
4: The Packers host the Falcons Monday night, who blew a 16-point lead at home against the Bears to fall to 0-3. Falcons head coach Dan Quinn. We had our chances at the end, whether it's uh, taking an interception, making a tackle. You know When those plays come, you've got to deliver. When you don't, you know, those are the consequences. That's the Falcons' Dan Quinn in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show.
3: show we continue on we are glad that uh, you are with us today thanks as always for hanging out we certainly appreciate you being here 855-830-8648 855-830-8648 you can always track us down and uh, radio joe producing the program today evan heffelfinger behind the glass as always and the whole gang here today uh, taking your taking your calls and such and uh, also uh, don't forget uh, last night you had uh, Craig Council and company—they ended up, uh, you know, their season comes to an abrupt end. Unfortunately, for uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers and uh, Craig Council, uh, after the ball game last night, um, he talked about the missed uh, the missed double play.
5: It, it's a play that, well, I think you know we feel like we got to make the play, but it, 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 you know, we just didn't make the play. It's, it's a difficult play. We just didn't make it, and it ended up costing us. Um, because they're a good team, and they and they, you know, they they rolled the next ball through the infield, and, you know, and then Betts got a big hit. But, yeah, I mean, it was a – I mean, still made a nice play on the, to just to get the short hop. I thought, you know, he came and got it and got the short hop and made a nice play on the run, and then, you know, his, his because he was on the run, his footwork indicated just throw it on the run as you're tagging the bag, and throw was just a little, little light, and Jed could come up with it.
3: For as much as you talk about solid pitching, they just couldn't get it done offensively.
5: Most importantly, we just, we just didn't do enough offensively. You know, we, we pitched well again today. And, uh, you know, frankly, Woody probably d- deserved better than, than giving up three runs there. You know, we didn't – tonight we just didn't – you know, I don't think we had multiple runners on base today at any time. Um, I, I'm not sure last night we had multiple runners on base. So we just never could sequence anything to get, a, to get an inning where, um, you know, not just one run, but you could, you got to put multiple runs on the board at some point.
3: Then uh, Kershaw steps into the mix, and you were hoping bad Kershaw would show up, but he didn't. He The exceptional Kershaw did.
5: I mean, Kershaw was – he was exceptional today. His slider was, um, you know, as, as good as I remember it. I mean, we just – we couldn't – the swing and miss and the slider was, was really impressive. It was just – it's late. Um, it comes out – it's late, and it's hard movement, and it comes out Which just one, like his fastball. It's, it's, he's got it going really good.
3: And then Craig Council talked about Woodruff's performance. He had a solid one.
5: Yeah, Woody, Woody was he was exceptional, and he was he was going strong, and he was giving us, you know, really exactly what I thought we needed um, to to have a chance to win the game. You know, and, and he he was doing it, so it it was everything we needed. Um, you know, like I said, it's just that the double play, or the just finishing that one play, and then the ground ball that rolled Barnes's ground ball just rolling through, just just. Um, you know, at that point we just we had run out and I mean I knew the betts woodruff matchup was gonna be a tough one for him that, that third time, but it, I thought it was really important that he that he get through that and then maybe we get Josh for two innings after that.
3: Just never panned down and it really doesn't matter when you don't have offense. Um I mean that's that's the bottom line. That's pretty much what we've discussed all season long. It was just offense wasn't there. So, problematic all season. Now they've got an offseason to fix it. Stay tuned when we come back. Got a lot more coming up. A lot of good stuff coming up today on the Bill Michaels Show, including Kevin Harlan, who's going to be calling a game on Westwood One Radio coming up on Monday night. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michaels Show next.
0: Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.